We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Derek and Cody, with you here today. And guys, we're going in talking about this preview between the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. It'd be the second matchup for between these two teams. Indianapolis Colts won the first matchup at home uh, against the uh, Tennessee Titans 23-16. to and of course, Cody, we remember that game very vividly for a couple of different reasons, for a good reason and a bad reason. Uh, bad reason was it was the game in which the Colts last saw Anthony Richardson play in an NFL game. It was also the reason why we won was because of Zach Moss carrying the team with a combined 23 carries for 160 yards, almost 200 total yards on the day. So Zach Moss, you know, we're kind of in that situation here again, Cody, where, you know, Jonathan Taylor's not there again. You know, it's time for the Gardner Minshew Zach Moss show once again in Tennessee, just like it was the first time. Yeah, for sure. And obviously it just, it sucks that, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I think we've been, both been able to react to the news together, but obviously unfortunate for Taylor. Um, good news is, you know, he's not going to be placed on the IR, at least not right now. So that's a good, very good news. You know, you think two, three games max, and then he's back. But yeah, as far as this game goes, it definitely uh, sucks because, you know, you just came off one of your best performances running the football um, with those two getting carries. And I guess, you know, it's never ideal. You never want a player to miss, you know, any sort of time. But I guess they're exa- if you have any player that's going to fill in, Zach Moss is probably one of the best backups, one of the best guys that can fill in in a pinch. Because, Derek, when he was getting volume carries, we remember he was a number two running back in football, according to, to rushing yards. So, yeah, it definitely is going to be unfortunate. And, again, I- I'm assuming we'll see a little bit more of Trey Sermon in this game. We haven't obviously been seeing him. Um, but – yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how do the Colts kind of, you know, handle this load again now that they kind of had to shift it back to Zach Moss being the main guy. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the things that won you in the first game, I guess the fortunate thing is those things are still intact. You know, your offensive line um, is still intact, and you're looking like you're probably going to get back Ryan Kelly in this game, which is huge. So, you know, you got all those guys, and a lot of the things that you used, you know, there's a couple guys that are out, but, 
Um, it still looks like for the majority of it, a lot of the same guys that were in that first matchup are still going to be available for this game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you talked about Ryan Kelly and what kind of switch to the other side here for a second. Then we'll hop back on the offense. One of the guys that did play in this game last time that isn't playing now is Juju Brents, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we presume he's not going to play this week. Fifth week being out is really one of the only guys that, you know, could cover DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, even when he did, you know, DeAndre Hopkins was really the only guy that was ever getting anything done for Tennessee in a passing situation. Clearly, he'll be ready for this game, but obviously we're going to be missing Juju Brents. Um, do you feel confident in a guy like, you know, I presume it's going to be Jalen Jones that's going to be trailing DeAndre Hopkins the majority of the game. Uh, do you have confidence in Jalen Jones to be able to keep DeAndre Hopkins in check? Uh, with DeAndre Hopkins, I know it's, you know, I know he doesn't necessarily have the greatest quarterback throwing the football right now, but, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that I feel like you can never fully stop him, um, but he's going to get his and he's going to make a few of those plays. But I do think putting Jalen Jones on him as opposed to anybody else is probably your best option, you know, because Jones obviously a very physical corner, six foot one, over 200 pounds, and he's played pretty well, all things considered. And Derek, you know, I think, you know, I know there was some miscommunication and you can blame Rodney Thomas the second as well, but I kind of felt like it was one of Jalen Jones's weaker games, one yeah. of his learning rookie moments um, against one of the best and most consistent receivers in Mike Evans a week ago. And so I think that's going to be, that was just a really good lesson for him early on here in his you know career. Um, and I think he, he'll do a pretty decent job, all things considered. But again, you know, Hopkins is the clear cut, the number one guy there. So I think they're going to try to get him the football, you know, as much as possible. So that's one thing I'm just looking for in this game. I think that, you know, um, it, it, we all presume, like you said, Brent isn't going to play in this game, which obviously like what in the world is going on there? He's, this is his fifth game he's missing. Colts are weird with that, not putting players on IR and stuff like that. But um, regardless of that, yeah, I think Jalen Jones would be the guy that if you're going to shadow, have anybody go and go with him, I mean, probably the guy that matches up the most physically with him probably on your roster, and that's Jones. And and just continue to give the rookie confidence um, and continue to you know back him. And I think if you do that, I think uh, while Hopkins will get his own at times, I think it'll be a I think it'll be a good battle to watch there. Just for some more context in Jalen Jones's season, which I mean, we talked about it. We there was debate, Cody, on whether or not Jalen Jones was even going to make this roster at the beginning of the off season, but then. You look at it now, and just to give an idea of it, next-gen stats put this out. I know you saw this. Jones has allowed the lowest completion percentage overexpected of any rookie cornerback in this season. So that includes Devin Witherspoon. It, it includes uh, even veterans in this league. I mean, some of the best uh, things that we've ever seen. Tredavious White, when he was a rookie in 2017, wasn't doing what Jalen Jones is doing. You talk about all these other things. I mean, Jalen Jones was put into the end of the fire, man. And he has come out of it holding the flame right in his hand, dude. I mean, it's been insane to see Jalen Jones be who he is. He's been aggressive. He's been great. Um, like you said, last week, he had to face a really tough matchup. And there was some miscommunications between him and Rodney Thomas. But that's how you learn. That's how some young guys learn. You make mistakes. You go back to the film room. And next time they know, 
not to make that same kind of mistake. And just one more thing before we hop back into the offense here, Cody, I mean, from a perspective of who's been the best at uh, separation prevented versus targets faced in the entire NFL. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jalen Jones is right behind Kenny Moore, and he's literally a top 20 corner in the league at uh, preventing separation, which is absolutely insane. Doesn't seem like a lot, but that is really good for a rookie. So, again, great to see Jalen Jones out there. I feel so much more confident in Jalen Jones now than what I did before because we've seen kind of what he's able to do. Um you know, DeAndre doesn't quite create the same kind of separation as he once did. Sure. So there's obviously that. But let's go ahead and move back to the offense here for a second, Cody. Like you said, Ryan or uh, Ryan Kelly is about to come back, at least we presume. Did yeah. have a second full practice in this uh, before we released this episode. So it's on the up and up with that concussion. Now, obviously, last week... The Colts had one of their better offensive performances last week, running the RPO kind of action there a lot more frequently and a lot more like no huddle, quick RPOs, you know, allow Gardner Minshew to get the ball out quickly and decide whether he's going to pull or just let Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss do their thing. Do you think that is the strategy that we're going to see going forward especially against the Tennessee Titans here who have also struggled in stopping the pass this year? Um, I think there will be that. Yeah, I think there will be that element, but I think we'll see a little bit more balance, hopefully, you know, throughout the course of the game, right? I mean, Tampa Bay, we knew coming in, they were a top five running defense for a reason. And so the Colts really knew, and I know some people, it made them upset in that first half, but the Colts really set out to expose that buck secondary, which was clearly their weakness, you know, and they, they did have a player out as well in that game in their secondary. So, you know, it was a major weakness. And so, but I think with Tennessee, you look at them and kind of look at just the pure stats this year. And obviously we know what Taylor, or I'm sorry, what Zach Moss did in that first game. Um, so you feel confident that you can do that again with a fully healthy offensive line. But I think the thing is, yeah, you, you have a little bit of, of confidence because Tennessee is very exposable in both categories. You know, they're, they're not that great against the pass, and they're not that great against the run. They're, they're mid to below average in both of these departments. And so um, Indianapolis has a great opportunity, I think, to continue their well-balanced attack of throwing and running. 
Um, and I think kind of riding the hot hand and whatever it'll be, um, I do think they'll continue to try to run the football and establish that run and really make life easier on Gardner Minshew because we know if you're making Gardner Minshew throw it 25, 30, 40 times, it's not going to go well because, you know, he's going to make a dumb play. He, that's what he's done this whole year is like it, kill, it kills your momentum. We've seen it before time and time again, even in that Tampa Bay game when you, he was throwing it a lot. While you were gaining yardage, it only takes one play to change, to completely change the momentum and, you know, give the opposing team uh, the opportunity to come back and really start doing that. And it almost happened against the Bucs. Um, unfortunately, they were able to right the ship in the second half. But, yeah, I think the Colts are going to try to run the football effectively here and really hopefully make life easy on Minshew and company. But, again, Tennessee is still very exposable in both the run and the pass. So I think the Colts have a great opportunity to do both here in this game. And um, obviously now I, – I can't remember. Was Kevin Byard still on the Titans at that he point? He was still on the Titans okay, at that time. So that's another thing. Kevin Byard not no longer on the Tennessee Titans, so that's even more of an advantage for the Colts in the passing attack. And so um, I really think they're going to try to – you know, get, obviously Pittman's the number one guy. I think Pittman and Downs are both going to have pretty big games in this matchup. Um, you know, Downs kind of had his "quote unquote" worst game of the season, um, and, and it really it was just because of that one bad drop. I mean, other than that, he was making plays. And if, if that's his worst game, then you know he's having a pretty darn good rookie season. So, definitely, uh, I think the Colts are going to attack in pretty balanced format. Um, but I do think also, Derek, um, they're going to they're going to ride the hot hand. Whatever's working, I think Shane Steichen's good enough offensive play caller that he's not going to try to force anything. I mean, he's going to do it. If the pass is, is working early on, they're going to pass it more. If the run's working you know, better early on, I think they're going to run it more. But um, I do think that we'd like to see them get more you know, on that balance standpoint and get, get more of an even split between, between the run carries and the pass attempts. Okay, over-under on 17.5 carries for Zach Moss. Which one are you taking? Ooh. I'm going to go slightly under. I'm going to. Ha- I have him probably like 15 carries or so in this game. Okay. Um, I, you know, be just because I know we know how much Shane Steichen likes to. You know, you do that running back by committee. Um, you know, the one time that you know they they went to Taylor a lot. Um, that was literally the only time one running back I think has gotten like a majority of the carries, if I'm not mistaken. But again, saying that Zach Moss did get a majority of the carries. Now that I think about it, early on, but. Um, so I'm I'm right there, but I'll probably go 15-ish carries for Zach Moss and give Trey Sermon a few. Now, if Trey Sermon turns out to just be terrible, maybe we do see Zach Moss just get the majority. But but also, Derek, you don't want to wear Zach Moss out, right? Like you right. don't want to wear him. You've already carried he's already carried the ball a lot for you this year. You would hate to wear him out, and then all of a sudden when Taylor's back, Zach Moss is dealing with some stuff. So um, I, I think just slightly under, but I do think obviously he's going to be the bell cow. He's going to be the guy they go to. And uh, he's going to have success because he's shown when he's been given more of a workload, his production has matched that. So um, just just slightly under. But you know what? It's I'm right there. So it could be either for me. That's Zach Moss. You know, again, the production averaging almost five yards to carry this year. Uh, yeah. Truly insane. I mean, I, I and to your point of the over usage thing, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to talk about the last five weeks that uh, – Zach Moss has played only one time in those last five games has Zach Moss gotten more carries than Jonathan Taylor, you know? So it's kind of one of those situations where he's taking the backseat. He's not, I highly doubt 
that Zach Moss is in any way, shape, or form being worn down right now. Is sure. I mean, over the last couple of weeks, I think over the last three weeks, this may include if you include the buy, the man literally touched the ball what like a grand total of ten times in the last three sure. weeks. So you yeah. know that he's got to be fresh, right? And we yeah. saw last game against the Tennessee Titans. He touched the ball, Cody, 27 times uh, between his running and passing snaps. I think it was actually 25. So were you I, counting, I don't want to over-exaggerate it you, there. I, I just was thinking you were counting attempts. If you're talking about touches, I'd probably go over. Okay. Well, yeah, I was referring to the rushing because, I mean, at the end of the day, okay. like two touches is two touches on uh, the passing. He still ran the ball 23 times against Tennessee. I don't think that – we're going to see a situation. I highly doubt Trey Sermon gets more than five snaps in this game. Uh, I okay. really don't think so. I mean, yeah, um, it could be. It could be. I'm just, yeah, I was just thinking like as of recent, what are the trends been? Yeah. Um, but again, you know, the drop off from Zach Moss's RB2 to Trey Sermon is pretty big. Very, so maybe we do see Trey, or maybe we do see Zach Moss getting a lot of the carries and Trey Sermon not really doing a whole lot, just kind of being that primary guy. It's a couple snaps, but it's the Zach Moss show. I could see that too. Yeah. Um, it's just so hard to predict with this team and what they're trying to do and what Shane Steichen wants to cook up, you know. And I think again, it goes back for me to the uh, you know riding the hot hand. You know, if they're passing it a lot, maybe they don't feel the need to run Zach Moss twenty plus times. I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, even in the last game, like I said, I mean, I mentioned it. I already think Zach Moss get more than seventeen and a half. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. But even in that hot hand game when Zach Moss was doing it, I mean, Indy, I think, threw the ball, I'm going to guess, just under 30 times in the first game. I mean, mainly because, I mean, Gardner Minshew went 11-14 when he came in in that second quarter against the Tennessee Titans. He didn't have to throw the football very much, you know, because they were running the ball so well, you very rarely had to throw the football. So, and and also Gardner completed a lot of big passes down the field. Uh, I think even in that game, Josh Downs had one of his best games of his entire uh, NFL season. I think from a yardage standpoint, I think it was his most yards ever because he caught one really big pass from Anthony Richardson before he went down and then caught the same exact pass, the same yardage from Gardner the same time uh, in the second half. So, I mean, Josh Downs certainly had his fair share and like you said yeah. before, with Kevin Byard being gone now, their best secondary guy, their secondary was already weak as is, and now you're going to have it going into this. Uh, this is definitely, again, another one of these situations where you're facing another team that has a weak secondary right now. A lot of opportunities for Gardner Minshew to hit some guys, maybe down the field, that he normally wouldn't try to do. But like you said, it's all about that balance. You know, we're trying to find the balance, trying to just make sure we can keep winning these games just enough. It, I, again, I don't care how you win them or if you win them by two, right? At the end of the day, all it's about is winning the football game. That is what's going to get you into the playoffs. Then you can save your absolute best football and best game planning ever for somebody else. Just got to get past them on that offense. Well, let's go ahead and hop to the defensive side of things because, Cody, we were talking about it right before on air, and you've been tweeting about it the last couple of days. You mentioned the stat. Tennessee Titans, fifth most sacks given up this year with 36, and the Indianapolis Colts 
are the uh, have the fifth most sacks, tied for fifth most sacks in all of the NFL. We've seen the last three weeks. They have destroyed bad offensive lines. 15 sacks in their last three games. This one, you're facing a team with an offensive line that's still not been any better. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of ironic how that how that works, right? You know, both teams um, tied for fifth, um, Colts fifth best, Titans fifth worst. And, you know, you just see, like you said, what, what the Colts have been doing the last few weeks has been nothing short of incredible. Um, so really excited to see how this matchup, because Derek, in the week number, whatever that their first matchup was in October, the Colts only got one sack on Ryan Tannehill, and that just simply won't do. Um, and, and the Colts also, you know, ranked tied for number one right now, I believe, in strip sacks. So, you know, they, they get turnovers when they create sacks as well. And so I'm really excited to see kind of in this matchup with a hobbled Will Levis potentially in this game because he is dealing with an injury. Um, did You know, I don't know if you saw, I'm sure you did, Derek, the video of Will Levis, you know, really struggling to even like roll out and make a routine play. Um, so he's clearly not 100% right now. Um, and I have to think that goes in the Colts' favor um, just because, number one, Tennessee has a bad offensive line right now. I know Peter Skaronsky has been playing pretty well, but really, you know, one to five, this unit has not been good this year for Tennessee. And now you've got a hobbled quarterback. So I think that just is a recipe for disaster if you're the Tennessee Titans um, for a Colts defensive line that's very hungry and we're very excited um, and, and very ready and healthy as well. You know, obviously knock on wood for that, but like, you know, the Colts are healthy and they're, they're hungry right now. And they've been very, very productive. And, you know, I, as you mentioned, was it six sacks a week ago against the Buccaneers and, you know, Tristan Wirfs is no scrub at left tackle. So I definitely think that the Colts have a great chance here to continue this streak and really make life difficult for Levis and company all day long. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the idea the video of Will Levis. Um, yeah, he's not on. I don't think he's on their injury report. I'd I think have he to, is. Oh, he is on their injury report. I, I let me let me find the the injury. I know it's a lower body injury of some it's sort. It's got to be something there. Um, I saw something the other day. About it definitely it. is a concern if you are. It's definitely a concern if you are a Titans person. So he's dealing with an ankle right now. Ankle. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's and, crazy too, because that ankle's got to be bad if that's how that looks. Um, and it wasn't just one rep. I mean, it was like three reps where you're just like, oh man, he just looks like yeah. he's trying really hard to watch his step. And again, he'll, he'll probably play in this game. That but at the end of the day, if you're if you do have an ankle problem, just ask Matt Stafford how that worked. Right. Like yeah. Matt Stafford, we saw, I mean, now granted the Rams offensive line is a lot better than the, uh, than the offensive line of the Tennessee Titans right now. And Matt Stafford's a much bigger veteran than Will Levis is right now. But you've seen it where like Matt Stafford, man, that dude couldn't even move yeah. uh, and had to go up against that Colts defensive line, which was not as good right back then as it is right now. Uh, the Colts are, practically getting home right now, Cody, without much pressure, uh, which mm -hmm. is definitely something we haven't seen in a while. So it, it, you're just like, if you're the Colts, man, you're just, you're seeing that video and you're like, man, this is, this is it. This is our time, right? Cause yeah. Will Levis is just not going to have the same kind of mobility that he normally does. And, you know, we, this is a guy that lives off of being able to make 
that crazy throw off the back foot that, you know, other people just can't make. Right. And if you're having issues with your ankle and your footing isn't right and you can't get the power right and you just lob that ball up in the air, you're letting guys like Julian Blackman, Rodney Thomas, Jalen Jones and all them, you're letting them go back there and you're letting them just destroy that. I mean, that that is a disaster for a secondary that's been as good as Indies has been this year. And Last week, Cody, I'll tell you this. I don't know if you saw it, but Baker Mayfield, when he was asked about why he took so many sacks in that game, he said it was mainly a lot of it was coverage. Yeah, it was coverage sacks, which is crazy to think about for Indy, who's had such a a decimating uh, secondary at the cornerback room. And to still hear quarterback saying that the main reason they can't throw the ball off in under three seconds is because of the corners. Like that's that is something. So you got a bad offensive line with a rookie quarterback that in his last what four games that he's played has only thrown two touchdowns and mm. has thrown the same number of picks and already and now is having injury problems or is gonna have a nagging ankle injury. It just seems like Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Cody, I, I'm, I would love to wish that Gus Bradley would freaking blitz. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but I, nothing would make me happier than to see him blitz uh, five every other down and force Will Levis to make quick throws. Cause it just, it seems like he'd be, it'd be impossible for him to do so. Right. <laughs> well, he hasn't really necessarily been that great this year either. You know, even, even when he was fully mobile, um, you know, he is a rookie for a reason. And, and I know there was a one game against the Falcons where he looked really, really good and everybody was losing their minds. And then he's kind of come down to earth since then, you know, and, and so you look at it and, and honestly, Derek, this, this might be kind of a bold take and I might be eating my words in a couple of days, but you look at the quarterbacks available right you know, the quarterbacks, the goals are going to play in the next couple of weeks. Would you say Will Levis is the worst of them? Him or Jake Browning? I think right now for me, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's something, dude. I mean, honestly, I mean, yeah, I would say he's definitely one of them. I mean, I can't even really give him credit for the, the Falcons game because like, yeah, he threw for four touchdowns in the one game. Congrats. Awesome. You, that's an amazing performance ever since then. He's thrown four, he's thrown two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he's, it's not been good. 
Uh, it might be worse than what Desmond Ritter's been. Uh, certainly worse than Aiden O'Connell. It's certainly been worse than Kenny Pickett. I mean, it, it's he's one of the worst. I mean, it, from a de- Colts defensive standpoint, that is where you as Indies should be able to take over. You should be comfortable with going into this game knowing what you're about to face, Cody, because remember who we are facing that we have to give credit to, that's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, albeit the offensive line's not been great, and honestly, Derrick Henry hasn't looked great either. But again, Indy is not good at stopping the run right now because it's the last game that Grover Stewart is not going to be able to play. So again, he can kill us if we don't match up and we don't make the plays that we need to with our front. So, I mean, do we need to be scared of Derrick Henry and against this Colts rush defense that's been bad this year? I mean, I'm nervous because, I mean, gosh, you know, you think Tampa Bay came in and they were one of the worst teams at running the football. And they came in and Rasheed White had 100 yards rushing. So I am concerned. Yes, I am very concerned because they have not shown the ability recently to stop anybody on the ground. And, And that's concerning to me. And I think that's definitely going to be something, Derek, in the offseason. They got to address. They got to get somebody else in there that can stop the run in the middle. You know, if if something else happens, you know, Grover Stewart, God forbid, like if that happens, like you're in trouble, man. Like you're in trouble. So, yeah, I am concerned. You know, Derek Henry, Tajay Spear, both these guys, I think, are good backs. And so, um, you know, despite the fact that they haven't been, you know, especially Henry, he hasn't been his normal self necessarily. As we've you know seen the dominant of you seen before, I mean he can still do it, and so yes, I am very concerned. I think that's the one thing on this Tennessee offense that still scares me is the fact that they can run the ball and they're willing to run the ball still with Derrick Henry. And it seems like the Colts don't have a whole lot of answers right now for anybody running the football against them. Yeah, I mean we saw we just saw last week. I mean Tampa is the absolute worst team in the league at running the football, Cody, and mm-hmm. yet. Still, Rashad White was able to run for 100 yards on us. Yeah. So that's that's scary. That's scary. If there's any way that Tennessee's going to win this game, then they have to feed Derrick Henry and hope that Derrick Henry can get it done. Now, last game, we saw that Indy was able to get it done down the stretch. They were, uh, were able to prohibit him from being able to make a ton of big runs, which yes. is what you need to do here. Uh And the only reason, Cody, why I'm a little less worried about the Titans is just due to the fact that they don't have Ryan Tannehill this time. If this was Ryan Tannehill-led offense with Derrick Henry behind it, I'd be very nervous. But it's Will Levis. It's different for me. I don't think he sees the field the same way Ryan Tannehill does when he faces our defense. Ryan Tannehill always used to find a way to sneak the ball in. And even when he didn't, he would be he'd be able to run the ball every once in a while, Cody. He was mobile enough; he'd be able to get a couple good runs to keep the defense honest. I just don't think you're going to be able to do that with Will Levis if he has that ankle problem. Sure, yeah. So if he's immobile, he's already inaccurate. Uh, yeah, I do think that that bodes well for the Colts if Levis is their guy, which it appears he's going to he's going to play. Um, he was a full participant on Thursday. So, I mean, I think that points to he's going to play on Sunday. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this is definitely the, the advantage. It's interesting 
the Colts defensive line against the Titans offensive line when it comes to, you know, pass protection and getting after the quarterback. The Colts have the advantage. But when it comes to running the football, the Titans have the advantage, I would say, with how bad the Colts have been. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, this defensive line, um, they, you know, they they have some great things and they, they've struggled in some areas. So um, and, and typically it's not an area that they typically struggle in. So it's kind of bizarre this year, Derek, because you still have to force Buckner on that defensive line. You still have guys like Quiddy Pay, who's a really good run defender. So it's just weird that this defensive line has been as poor as it's been. I know Grover Stewart's obviously a huge piece to what you do, but it's like, man, I didn't know it was that bad. You know, I thought somebody would step up, but nobody it was already has bad with Grover Stewart. And now, and now it's just yeah. exponentially bad. Yeah, so it's you just, know we're giving yeah. up an average of 144 yards a game without Grover Stewart. Yeah, 144. Bad, <laughs> like you look at that as Tennessee, and you're like, oh, this is the game that Derrick Henry could run for 200 plus yards, like what he used to do to Houston a few years ago, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I so, gotta hope that that's not the case, but nevertheless, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I gotta I think confident. I got to think Andy's just, that's got to be their focus. They, they may not even honestly be worried about Levis at all and just be like, just stop Henry and we're going to win this game. Like we know we will. It's definitely you know? got to be the game plan going Not forward uh, for sure. Yep. But uh, go ahead and give us uh, your score prediction here, Cody. Who, what do you think is going to happen here? All right. Well, obviously the Taylor news, I think brought down the, uh, you know, the spread just a tad bit. It's very close. So I do think it will be a close game. Um, but and I think it's going to be more of a slugfest than maybe what we saw the first time, Derek. Um, but I'm going to go. I'm going to have Indianapolis keep their streak. So I'm going to go Indianapolis 23, Tennessee 17 in this game. Wow, even closer than the first matchup. Okay. I think just because you're missing some guys that were key contributors last time, I think it'll be more interesting than it was the week. You know, the first time they met, and also Tennessee's four zero. Their four wins have all come at home this year. I know they say that they keep saying that as if that matters. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's funny too, because I mean, you just look at, you just look at the total rushing yards. I mean, just before I give my prediction here, uh, Zach Moss with 35 less carries has uh, less than just 60 less yards than Derrick Henry on the year. How I many mean, less carries have, is that? Uh, yeah. It is 35 less carries. And has uh, basically 65 less yards. So less than two uh, yards per carry less on that. Just kind of crazy to think about, especially since Derrick Henry's been the guy. Um, But again, I'm going to say Indy's got this. Um, I'm not too worried about how the Colts offense is going to look. You obviously have to look at Simmons. um, But at the end of the day, I I think that the Colts are going to figure it out. I'm going to say 24 to 24 to like, I'll probably say 24, 17. I'll stay close to that. There's no way Tennessee gets 20 points in this game. No way. Unless something catastrophic happens. Yeah. Because going back to their last couple of games, Cody, I mean, before Will Levis, after Will Levis threw that four touchdown game against the Falcons, the the Titans have yet to have scored 20 points in a game. Wow. That's crazy. even in their one win against the Panthers, they didn't reach 20. Yeah. So 
they are not good offensively right now. And, and, and I defense know has been playing lights out the last couple weeks. Yeah, and I know the Colts offense or defense has not been great this year. But the Colts defense has been better than their stats have indicated. Yeah, really. there was a stat. I don't know if you saw it or not, Derek. There was a stat. It was like the – I wish I would have saved it. But it basically was like looking at – um, you know, the Colts weeks, whatever it was, like the first couple weeks of the season versus the last like three or four weeks of yeah, the season. Yeah, and it's been like um, practically so halved. Yeah, it's so different. Um, I want to find that actually for you because uh, that was like an interesting stat to me. Because like, yeah. yeah, stats can be very misleading, but all, and also you just look at how how different it's been as of recent. Because Obviously, when you look at that, we have faced a lot of worse offenses um, we sure. faced a lot worse offenses, uh, recently, but then yeah. again, this is no exception. We were facing another bad offense. All right. So here we go. So weeks one through eight, the Indianapolis Colts defense, 28.6 points per game allowed 247.3 passing yards per game allowed to 2.6 sacks per game, 64% opponent red zone touchdowns. Not good. Um, and then now weeks nine through 12, 13 points per game allowed, 161 passing yards per game allowed, five sacks per game, and that total for red zone has gone down to 22.2% red zone touchdowns allowed. Especially when you saw last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they went into the red zone, I think it was, what, four times? Yeah. And, you know, were only able to get the two touchdowns. I mean, you think about it. I mean, again, the points dropped by over half. Uh, mm-hmm. The yardage drops by more than 80 yards per game now, which is huge. Yeah. It's almost an entire football field, right? And then it, the sacks have doubled and the uh, red zone percentage scoring. I mean, that is incredible. I mean, just to see yeah. it go from 60s to 20s is insane. Yeah, so, all four of those stats are top three in the NFL over that span. All four of those stats are. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. And again, like I said before, uh, the Colts are facing you know trash offenses, but that helps. It's good to know that they're. It's good to know they're at least destroying uh, top or bad offenses, right? Yeah, so, but you know what? To be fair, like I know Tampa's not great, but I think they're one of the better offenses that that the Colts will face the rest of the year. And they did yeah, that. I mean, them, outside so. of, I mean, again, outside of uh, the Texans. That's very true. I mean, I mean they they've got the Titans. This one, the Bengals' offense is bad now with Jake Browning. Uh, the Steelers' offense has not been great all year. Falcons' offense ain't nothing to have been desired. The Raiders haven't been great either. Uh, you certainly hope maybe you get Juju Brents back by then. Um, and then the Texans is going to be the big one at the end. Yep. Yep. But yep, that's going to do it for this one, guys. Let us know your thoughts. And let us know your score predictions for this game. But that's going to do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, 